0: Series called There Goes the Neighborhood. Gabe kicked it off last week and said it's this kind of statement you throw out there when the dodgy neighbors move in. You know the ones with three kids, kind of like what that family looks like. Three kids under five, you know they're gonna be making that's my family by the way. That they, you know they're gonna be making noise. It just happens. It's the statement you make when, when when the cabriolet driver rocks in, you're like, who really self respecting man drives a cabriolet? You know we all got some of these things. Or or they pull in and they're skateboards, or there's something that just doesn't agree with what you think is cool. And you make the statement, There goes the neighbourhood. And the follow on statement is almost well, it's time to move. We gotta go. And I want to say, and we're saying in this series that, that I don't believe that's the statement of a son of God. I believe the response is not, it might be, there goes the neighborhood initially, but then let's get stuck in. Let's be the change. Let's see the change happen. Let's love our neighbors. Let's be the ones who go to that door first, taking them a meal, not because we need anything from them, just because we want to reveal something of the love of God to them. This morning I spoke about being ordinary radicals, this thing of just ordinary people with ordinary jobs doing extraordinary things because of an extraordinary God. We are these ordinary radicals. We go to nine to fives. We get stuck into daily realities. Our kids wake up at four, quarter past five every morning. we just real. Sometimes we get grumpy. Sometimes we get tired. It happens. We're just ordinary people, but there's the spirit of God because of the fire of God inside of us that says actually there's something different. That when everyone else is shouting... It's time to go to milk and maybe a hill somewhere on my own because the world's falling apart. We rise up and say, no, because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. Unemployment statistics in this area can change. Because of Jesus, divorce rates can come down. Because of Jesus, life can flow and I'm part of the solution. It's a challenging word to us just been, I came here and one of the, I was stoked to find out there were these like community Facebook sites. So I was invited to them. So I went, can I be honest? I was horrified. There's more moaning and groaning on these things than anything. We live in the most beautiful area and people are moaning and groaning. I come from derbs. Potholes take ages to fix. Potholes are fixture. They're no potholes. And I'm not saying that to tune those websites and the people, not at all. I'm just saying, can we see what God sees when he looks? You know, when he looked at Tim, when Tim didn't know him and in his previous life, and he looked at him, he saw potential, he saw the design of God in his life. He didn't see the brokenness. And when he looks at the city, he doesn't see the brokenness. He doesn't see the desperation. He sees potential. He sees his design and what he can do when the love of God is released into a city, like the love of God released into Mozambique. A war-torn area where bombs were going off as children were walking to school. A woman rises up and says, I can go there. I can bring a difference there because of Jesus inside of me. Just an ordinary radical. Not world-renowned preachers. Everyone's waiting for the preacher to do something. Come on, preacher man, change it. It's not the preacher man's job. It's the son and daughter of the living God's job. Sent out as ambassadors, 2 Corinthians tells us, with authority and power to bring change. Your schools to bring change. You're there not to learn English. Please do learn it. And maths. But bring change. Be an agent of change. Everywhere Jesus went, he brought change. Change. He changed social systems. He brought dignity and humanity to women in a world that didn't recognize women. And he engaged them in the most inappropriate places, but he brought life. He took a blind man and he spat in his eye and gave him sight. He changed that man's world forever. Jesus changes it all. And he's inside of us, sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Something of Jesus inside of us. And he wants out, he wants to touch, he wants to love. He wants to engage. So tonight I'm speaking about signs and wonders. See, this world is enamored with the supernatural. There are 50 different TV series you can see about the supernatural. And I love the supernatural. I love people getting healed. I have faith for people to get physically healed. I really do. If you're sick, I'd love to pray for you. Because my Bible says that's what Jesus does. But I think that when I look at the Bible, there is a greater signs and wonder to this world. It's called sons and daughters of the living God. And I'm totally not going with my notes, which is dangerous, and I'm jumping ahead here. But but we are the greatest signs and wonders. You know what it says in Hebrews 2 verse 13? And it's put on Jesus' lips as saying, here I am and the children God has given me. Jesus says, here I am and the children God has given me. And it's a direct quote from Isaiah 8, verse 18, where Isaiah writes, Here I am, and the children the Lord has given me. We are signs and symbols in Israel from the Lord Almighty who dwells in Mount Zion. The New American Standard says we are signs and wonders. You know what the greatest sign and wonder to this world is a son and daughter of the living God, secure in his love. When petrol prices start to increase, we don't go on Facebook and slam the government. We get on our knees and cry to God to change the situation. When our kids get sick, we don't run to doctors. I believe in doctors and I've taken my kids there many times. But our first call is to get on our knees and to worship God and say, God, you are King and Lord of all. And we sing songs about how great he is. And our lives are exposed to the world around us. See, we can't just be these signs that hide behind the walls of the church. And we stay safe behind the walls of the church. The Bible speaks about the walls have to come down. Interior and exterior walls. The walls between man and man. And the walls between the church and the world around. God didn't die for the church. Jesus didn't die for the church. God sent His Son to die for the world. This is the gospel. Am I shouting? I'm a little excited. Is it okay? Come back to me, stand. We are these witnesses who carry Jesus. I worked in the corporate workspace for eight years in a very competitive environment. And sometimes it was hard to tie up things, to say, how do I walk this as a son of God? How do I walk this in this environment where it won't be appreciated, where it won't be seen as something good? I was in the marketing world and everyone knows sex sells. But God gave me a promise. He would walk with me. He'd give me favor if I would honor him. Read the story of Daniel, a man who would not defile himself with the food of the nation. He would stand on the promises of God and he saw favor beyond There is a moment that comes in each of our lives where our sonship and our daughtership is tested. Jesus had it. He fasted for 40 days. And then His sonship was tested. There will always be those moments. It might be when you're 14. It might be when you're 8. It might be when you're 80. It might be all of those moments. But there are these moments. Generally, they come under a little bit of pressure. Generally, they come when the cosh is on. Generally, they come when some of our idols and our comforts are exposed And we all have those. But they're those moments. And you know what those moments are? They are grace-filled moments. They are moments where Jesus is on the edge of a seat, dying to rush in. And he's just saying, son, will you respond? Son, will you just say, come, Jesus. I can't do this. I can't fix table view, but you can. I can't turn the unemployment statistics, but you can. My business is just this, but you can. My family is just this, but you can. We are a part of the solution. And we have two we, we have all these positions. I spoke this morning about postures of the church, how we stand we can stand and critique and criticize and condemn the world or copy it and consume it. But those aren't the postures we call to have. That then the world engages us, what do they find? I believe they should find two things. The first one is a cultivator. The second one is a creator. The first one, it goes like this. God speaks to Adam, puts him in a garden, and says this in Genesis 2 verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. We don't struggle with the to work it part. We know we call to work because otherwise we don't get paid. We know we call to work because then we can't feed our families and God says it's good for us to work. The part we struggle with is to take care of it. When you go to your job tomorrow morning, you know you're working, but are you taking care of it? It might not be your business. You might have no shares and they could fire you at the end of the month. But to reveal your sonship, to be reveal the love of God is to take care of it it's a challenging word so paul writes into relationships between bosses and workers he says jesus changed it all which means we don't just go to work to take what we can take we are givers jesus he changes everything he takes us in our old life as consumers where we just take i go to my work to just take and i'm going to take 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 from my boss and Jesus says, No, I have given you, therefore you give and you become a giver. You become someone who the gospel gets inside and changes everything. And the challenge is our workplace is no longer a drive through where we come to just order and consume and leave. We are givers. Our church, our home cell, our serving in the life of the local church and our serving in the community around us, we are givers. In our marriage, I am a giver. Even the area of sexuality in marriage, sexuality in this world is about take, take, take. Lust is about what can I get out. Sex in marriage is about what can I give. It's called love. And the world warps all these things. And Jesus says, son, daughter, you're a giver. And we've got to get over some of our fears because God isn't scared to get his hands dirty. Jesus wasn't scared to touch the leper. He wasn't scared to engage the worst and the worst of societies. He wasn't even scared to go into their homes. He went in. And everyone criticized him. He went in. He was the friend of sinners. He revealed the love of God and they gave their lives to him. And he restored and redeemed their situations. He runs in. And we get so scared. And here's the analogy. I know parents who are really scared, even with their kids. It's like, our kids have got to go to Christian schools. We want to almost start these Christian kibbutzes, and our kids are only going to interact with Christian kids. You know what they'll never build up is, is a good immunity. I grew up in a very public school, 1,200 boys, some very wealthy, some very poor. And I remember a moment where my, pet, my mom was, got, a, got a phone call. She was a part of a group of ladies called Mothers Who Pray. And the headmaster phoned in and said, we've got a situation we don't know what to do with. Can you help us? And two boys, one of them was my friend. Mama just disappeared. She was an alcoholic. She just disappeared. For four months, she disappeared. And these ladies got stuck in. They got stuck in. Remember that boy coming to my home, living with us, being fed. And something was modeled to me of getting your hands dirty in the undesirable situations of this world. You know what happens when our kids never play in jungle gyms and they never play in the sand is they don't build up an immunity and their physical immunity doesn't get strong. I'm not saying throw them in mud but sometimes they just need to have mud all over them so they build an immunity. One day their health system is strong. It'll be the same with the world. They will not be contaminated by the world. They will be the one do the infecting with the love of God. And my last point is that we are called to create. You know what our greatest creation tool is? The spoken word. I could speak about many things. God is the creator. I am made in his image. He puts his spirit inside of me and we get to co-create. Your business is a co-creation with God. The work that you do is a co-creation with God. Christians should be the most creative people in the world. I am convinced of it. If we tap into the love and the knowledge of God. Here's a statement. This is a scripture. Bless those who persecute you. Bless them and do not curse. Why? Why do not curse those who persecute you? Why? Because there is power in the declared spoken word. It says in Romans 10.10, 10, For with the heart, a heart, with the heart a person believes, and so is justified, and with the mouth, He confesses and confirms his salvation. There is power in what is confessed. What are you confessing over the city? What are you confessing over your wife? I'm shocked by some statements of people over their families, over their wives. What do you wake up in the morning? I try to do it every night. I get in bed. I go to bed late to my wife and she's a little grumpy when I get in bed because I wake her up. But every night I tell her, I love you. I think every night. She doesn't always remember because she's half asleep. But I want to speak it. I can't just assume. I've got to speak it. I've got to declare it. We have to tell the city we're actually here to love you. We have to tell the people around us we are here to serve you and to make a difference. Not to be consumers, not to be takers, but to create. So that's the preach. We are signs and wonders to this world. You and I, ordinary radicals. And we are not just here to be a son, we are here to co-create with God and to cultivate. Not just to work, but also to take care of. That is our mandate. That's why you're on this earth. Not just to make bucks, get to retirement, tiptoe into heaven. We are here to make a difference. To change, to see statistics change, to see healing come to the broken and the lost, to see freedom come to those who are in chains. I want to see that. That's why we came here. That's why we leave relationships and we go, like Gabe spoke about last week. We go because God speaks. We just go, and He provides on the journey every need, and He becomes our satisfaction at every level. This is the gospel. There goes the neighborhood, because you are here, not because I'm here, because you are here. Can I pray for us?